Hello podcast and welcome to the Survive or Thrive podcast series by La Boogie. Uh, a really special mention here for Bodyboard King jumping on and supporting this series. There's 10 episodes and it features all of your favourite riders talking about how they dealt with the 2020 pandemic year. Did they thrive or did they only just survive? Uh, really looking forward to getting this series out to you. And this one is the first of them all featuring Dave Hubbard. I thought I'd start with the first guy that ever jumped on the podcast, so enjoy this episode with Dub, and a huge thanks to Bodyboard King again. Welcome to the Survive or Thrive 2020 podcast series, Dave Hubbard. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Josh. <laughs> it's really great to have you on this new series I've put together to try and help everyone understand what happened in 2020 for a few of the top riders around the world and what did they do to either survive or thrive during that year, which was quite unprecedented. So let me kick off with this first question for you, David. Yeah. Did you only just survive it? Or did you thrive? I'd lo- I'm going to lean towards thrive, although there was probably a few moments where I was simply hoping to survive. But no, I think generally I came out on the thrive side of that, which, you know, I commend you for the title. I think it's very fitting. Okay. Well, that's, that's a positive start to this podcast. I'm hoping for a few positive starts because it's meant to hopefully be an uplifting <laughs> podcast series that people can maybe rely on during 2021 to thrive themselves. Um, Let's then talk about some of the challenges. If you were kind of feeling like you were only just surviving it at times, what, what did you find particularly challenging during this pandemic year of 2020? I think just the, just a mass of unknowns, uh, constant changes and just a uh, kind of just a general like meandering from like news media or just kind of any sort of direction. A lot of the signposts uh, probably for most people uh, just got, <laughs> just got flattened. Mm. So um, there were a few things that. Uh, whether it was my plans for the year or it was finding out what the latest protocol is or fill in the blank um, that was just like pretty challenging to to kind of find a stability through all the instability and I think once once I kind of got a little bit more grounded and got used to the unknown and the constant fluctuation that's when the thriving was kind of then able to take place. But I think, you know, at first I I fell victim to whether it was uh, fear or misinformation or just uh, uh, distress or despair, you know, all the things that were mounting um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right at the start. Um, And that took a little time to wade through uh, for sure. 
How much time do you think it took you to wade through that kind of moment? And it's and it's interesting because I want to talk a little bit about this kind of thirst for stability that you that I think all of us have it. But to me, you you've come across in the last you know few years that I've been able to spend a fair bit of time with you that as a pretty kind of structured and stable guy, like you've kind of you know you don't really hit the booze. You you're pretty kind of in touch with yourself and you're quite content and, and like words like that come to mind when I think about you. Mm. Um, how are, are you someone who kind of has an urge for stability in your life? Is that like a challenge for you outside of this pandemic? Well, I think g- generally I'm really drawn to it. I think my personality, I kind of, I kind of really do like to have structure. I like to have a, I really like to have a routine. I like to have, stability that you're kind of keying into yeah that's kind of part of a big part of me but certainly me in the last five maybe going a little bit longer years where I just really like that's yeah big part of who I am if I miss my morning stretch routine you know and I tell my wife she's like wait you didn't what is something, what's wrong? What's what's really going on right now? Wow. Like, um, so whether it's a, a stretch routine or I mean, there's a few things where I structure my day, but also my life kind of centers around a few main themes. And um, so, like the time frame it took was probably probably a couple weeks um, to kind of to kind of let go of some of the previous structuring. I didn't let, have to let go of so much, but there was so much of my normal daily life that got bombarded, you know? Mm. So like that wasn't necessarily what I build my day upon, but it mm. certainly makes up a big part of the day, um, whether it's going to the shop or hanging out with friends or planning my next trip. Um, there was an onslaught against the daily uh, normal, uh, normalcy, I'll say that it took me a little while to let go of some of those little details. And I'm probably still learning to adjust to some of them. Mm. What are some of those things that you're adjusting to? Because the kind of next question I've got in, in line here is, you know, how did you respond to those challenges? Like what were your solutions to the, to the challenge of that disruption to the normalcy of your day um that'd be really interesting to dive into if you've got a few few things to say about your responses to the these challenges two weeks is pretty quick by the way i should say that's a pretty quick adjustment period <laughs> like when you say it took you two weeks to kind of deal with it and then have a new structure around it so tip of the cap to you on that one um, <laughs> and, so <laughs> and, yeah and that could be exaggerated as far as like the maybe the predominant time where i felt kind of loose and in the wind and kind of flowing until I at least got a little bit of footing. Of course, Mm. you know, it's, it's a spectrum. And of course, yeah, months. And like I said, I'm not totally arrived yet, but, um, so yeah, there was some things and I think, um, oh, it's just like, uh, I think it was letting go. I think that was a big part of it. I think, you know, there's, there was part of at least probably in American, I don't know if it was all of Western civilization that it's been breeding this um, kind of a rebellious kind of an attitude towards kind of any, anything coming from the top down. 
Um, and I think just letting go that I wasn't in complete control of mm. the whole rest of the world. You know, I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to be in control of, let's say, my castle. Um, you know, and and my household. There are some things that I do feel I, I have a, maybe a dominant part of the control that I experience in my whether it's in my house or, you know, a few other places. I, I feel that. I have a pretty good hand in that. Mm. And then when it comes to the re- the rest of the world and how they're behaving and maybe rules when you go into a shop or um, some of those things, I don't have control. And so mm. I think just kind of letting go that, okay, I don't necessarily have to resist, but sure, it's good to always be mindful of what I'm subscribing to. So mm. it's not like a blind following let's say, but it's, it's like a mindfulness about, well, okay, this is, this is how it's, how, what's happening right now. And also I'm not the only one affected by this and I'm probably not the only one who has these feelings, Mm. but at the same time, what good is it going to serve? First of all, myself or my loved ones, or even the people around me, if I don't kind of go along i guess you could say with the mm. the guidelines or the protocol or whatever yeah, you know interesting oh, interesting interesting it's funny because you bring that up and and that's this whole rebelliousness against rules from the top and i mean a lot of us watch the news and we've seen that the the u.s in particular has been through a pretty tumultuous period lately in, oh, in yeah. that in the rules from the top department and I mean, <laughs> you know, like there's been some wild things happen where people did not want to follow the rules in America. They simply rejected them. And, and even from the top, it was almost like the top was saying, don't follow the rules either. <laughs> or, you know, let's not make any rules to begin with. So it's an interesting situation. Do you think that's a, what is it about you people? That you know, the kind of, and when I say that, I'm, I've got to loosely connecting every American under one umbrella there, which of course isn't a yeah. very accurate thing to do or, or a fair thing to do because there's a lot of diversity in the United States and Hawaii is a very diverse place outside yeah. of that in many ways too. But what what is it in the culture? Do you think that kind of allows or like in Australia, everybody's followed the rules? Like I'm I'm in Oz. Everybody's just kind of going, oh, this sucks, but hey, let's go with it. And it's been pretty tough, but we've all gotten on with it. There's been no really big mass rebellions or anything like that. Um, what do you think it is about the culture in America that that breeds this or allows this to kind of um, flourish in a moment like this? Well, first of all, tip of the hat to you um, because, yeah, from from a nice conversation I had with Ray Collins recently, mm. Yeah, he, 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 that's what he said Oz was like. Everybody's just, hey, we're going to get through this together. A real kind of unity re- surrounding, yeah, this sucks, but let's, let's do it and we're doing it together. Um, yeah, more or less. Which is epic, you know? Like, and mm. yeah, sure, everybody probably has differing opinions, but the behavior kind of, kind of falls into helping each other out as, mm. a, as opposed to a personal, like my preference, my decisions, my wants are more important than others, which I think if you really want to boil it pretty far down there, I think um, American culture 
really celebrates individuality to the mm. point of also celebrating selfishness, also celebrating um, maybe stepping on others to, to lift yourself up to the point where it's like, well, good for him. That was his truth. And, mm. you know, had he not stepped on the back of those other people, like <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be happy like he is today, you know? So I think mm. there's kind of some of those storylines surrounding yeah. the culture. And I don't think it's necessarily a new thing, but I do think it's blown up to the point where we're surprised about it. We're surprised about some of the results of that. We're surprised mm. that there is so much uh, rioting and, and yeah. violent protesting and all these, these social actions that are like alarming. And, mm. um, and you, you, you kind of throw that in with the year that 2020 was. And then, I mean, I mean, America's just a hot mess. That's what it is. I mean, you look, <laughs> hot at, mess. <laughs> you look at other countries and you're like, oh, yeah, they're not perfect. And oh, they've got this issue. And you look over at America and you're like, that place is just a hot mess. Like, mm. what the heck? Like, from the top down, no one's behaving. And it's kind of like, yeah. So I do think that's where America falls into the storyline with the, with the culture. I think it it's been something that's, you know, we didn't arrive here overnight. It wasn't like January 31st, 2019. Mm. And then we turned the corner and then 2020 was all about being selfish and yeah. potentially dangerous riots and all that stuff. I think it was like, it's been mounting for a while. I think there's lots of factors probably. And, and that's enough for the, the short answer for the question. Yeah. Yeah, but had I, I mean to follow on that because I know that the Hawaiian Islands are a different; they're a very distinctly different cultural space um, in many ways to the mainland. Um, has this type of selfishness that you speak of, or the individuality to the you know to the pointy sharp edge, has that translated on the islands as well? Do you think, or has it been much more community focused? Do you feel? I think it's been more community focused. I think we are still susceptible of um, seepage from the American culture because we are mm. uh, part of America. You know, if people turn on the news at eight o'clock, it's probably coming from yeah, uh, right. U.S. mainland. So we're certainly not immune. Um, but I do. I would say that you mentioned the uniqueness and the the different uh, culture that we have here is a lot more community-minded uh, than maybe the pervasive American culture. So I think that's kind of helped us navigate it a little bit more in the islands, but I think mm. we have been completely immune to it. But, I mean, we haven't had the, the outrageous things that have gone on on the mainland, and mm. at the same time, I, I hope that we're more than two steps away from doing that. But at yeah. the same time, I'm, I'm not saying that we're... We're, we would never do those things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, it's just interesting to clarify that for the listener because I think, uh, you know, it's not a lot of people may not have even visited Hawaii in their lifetimes who might listen to this and they might have an idea of, of what goes on on the news that we receive in our worlds, uh, whether that translates yeah. across a, a place that's so diverse as America. So that's a good clarification there. Um, yeah. Regarding your response to the challenges, you mentioned that 
you just kind of manage to let go and to kind of fall in line with these rules whilst also just paying attention and making sure they weren't outside of your comfort zone. Um, What do you think that kind of response or that ability to let go says about yourself? Like, is there any insight into your own character or spirit that you think allowed you or prepared you to be able to let go like that? I think, you know, without, you know, trying to make myself out to be like some sort of hero or anything, I think it's trying to separate myself from just a selfish, rebellious mentality that, you know, we kind of mentioned in the previous reply Mm. that, you know, recognizing like probably when we both mentioned Australia's, hey, we're all in this together. And if I let's say, act out, that's probably going to make it harder for everybody, right? And Mm. I think the success that you guys have seen, although it didn't come for free, of course, it came at a price, but the success you guys have had came because of that unity and that because of people were not putting themselves above their neighbor or their fellow man, so to speak. Mm. And so that's kind of something I was... You know, I I recognized it kind of early on, and I still have to be reminded of it because I'm not immune to selfish tendencies. But, you know, I recognize that, hey, there's some real concerns, even if I have completely opposite beliefs about any number of things, okay? Um, Other people have real concerns, and it's real to them. So, you know, as a way of showing camaraderie or unity with, with the people I'm around, it only makes sense that I do so in a way that would be the most helpful to them. And that mm. that's kind of where I fell on the spectrum was, um, you know, a lot of my pals, you know, would raise a big gripe about having to put on a mask mm. and that they don't like to wear a mask, which, I mean, sure, maybe for some reason, for some people, their experience is intolerable, let's say. Mm. Um, but... For me, I was thinking, well, sure, I'm not like a fan of it. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't wear one right now. But Mm. it's not really about my preference. We're kind of all in this thing together. And if real or perceived value of wearing a mask to protect somebody else, let's make people feel comfortable. Let's, Let's at least go about whatever freedom we're offered in a way that hopefully we're all we're all doing it together and uh yeah i don't know if that kind of made sense but that's kind of where i Mm. i fell on it was more on the unity and more of the we're in this together mindset Mm. no that's cool that's cool um did you learn anything new about yourself in 2020 was there any revelation during the year through this period that you were like oh wow yeah that's me (laughs) (laughs) um cool question i think it's you know there's some some self-awareness or some new perspectives that didn't necessarily you know i wouldn't have gotten them without 2020 or i've never gotten them before but Mm -hmm. yeah my my journey of life has continued where i continue to recognize uh, 
maybe liabilities, sometimes assets. I okay. continue to, <laughs> to recognize that. That's in hey, your I, own business ledger. This is the business of day. Like this is, you just referred just, <laughs> that's a funny way to refer to yourself. Assets and liabilities. All right, cool. So this is the Dave Hubbard uh, ledger. Behavioral assets and liabilities, <laughs> okay. you know, yeah, where, cool. um, but you know, just with, yeah, different terminology, but yeah. <laughs> you know, different things that I can, I can grow on. I can, I can try to improve on, you know, sp- specifics I think you're kind of looking for would be um you know like I I guess I could say that you know when it kind of all I'll put it in an illustration when it all all kind of started hitting the fan and like oh we're going to be spending a lot of time indoors or Mm. whatever I'm thinking I'm gonna get done with all the house projects I've been putting off so in my mind I'm thinking all this free time, I'm going to use it so wisely, mm. and I'm going to get everything done. Mm. But that wasn't the case. I did make some progress. I was <laughs> productive at times, and there was still times where whether it was through time mismanagement or whether it was through other things just preceding those other goals, mm. I didn't get to the attic, you know? So it's like... <laughs> In my own thinking, I thought, oh, I'm going to change somehow or I'm going to be a different person because of all this time I have. And I was still the same guy. Um, And I was still, like I said, I was still able to get some stuff done, but I didn't turn into like Superman and like clean all the house like and Mm. be like Mr. Clean either, you know? So it was like what it revealed to myself was like, I was still the same person in 2020 that I was in 2019, <laughs> and then I probably still am now. Hopefully, just slightly better versions of it as we move in the time continuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, were there any new with all this free time? And you mentioned there were some things getting away of uh, cleaning the attic. Um, did you take up anything new in your life? Was there any new hobbies or interests that you developed? through this free time or anything that you dove into a bit deeper that you were already doing? Um, it'd be interesting to hear about that if there was anything that kind of pops up for you. Well, I definitely, well, part of, and this is part partially business, but I started that, um, the call, Haboy's yeah. The Call. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty time consuming. I would spend maybe on average like six hours of editing per episode with kind of all in. So, and I was doing those maybe not weekly, but maybe semi-weekly. And um, so that was a big thing and, and getting to editing, which, you know, now I've started to do it on my personal Instagram account, which that was a big deal in 2020. Was that a big deal? (laughs) 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 <laughs> you didn't post a thing for years and then suddenly Dave Dub Zero is online. He's he's on. He's not just there. He's he's part of it now. He's he's producing content. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden I'm an influencer. Yeah, you you um, stepped into the role. Very much so. Very much so. So that was a change, wasn't it? That was that was a that was something that changed. 
It was. And there, you know, so there's been a few things. And I guess I guess you're kind of pinpointing it's it's mostly content. I've produced mm. more content. That was something I started to produce more of intentionally, um, sometimes programmatically with the call, sometimes yeah. just whether it's on my Instagram or helping with uh, something else and getting somebody something else. And so yeah, that would probably be one of the bigger things that I did take up. Like, mm-hmm. I know you're looking for like um, a hobby, like crochet or something, but no, no, you know, it could have like, been more. But I could, you could have uh, like, I know that you're um, doing some things every now and then with the Breadfruit Institute, and I just, you know, maybe you just learned more about breadfruit. Maybe you just, you know, you pulled that fruit apart and you got a microscope out, and you're like, what's <laughs> really going on here? You know, that that could have been it. But you know, it's but it's interesting. So you did dive into the content creation. That was definitely something that you dove into last year. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you enjoy it? There's there's parts of it that I do. There's parts of it that you know I get. Um, yeah, I like I like to be able to edit and put some stuff together. Like I was I was pretty stoked on my little September sessions that I that was. was yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I just felt that. You know, for what I was able to do in the water, I was able to kind of almost match that or, you know, come pretty cool to executing good mm. content. You know, it's not yeah. all about writing. You know, my my career for a long time was independent of what happened on the land. It was mm. like I would go and ride. Other people would take care of the content. Like I was, yeah. I did my job, you know. Mm. And the the scene has changed quite a bit um, in the world. And well, yeah, it, it had changed take, a long yeah. time ago, David. I just want to, you know, it was it had changed, yeah, like ten years ago. Yeah, it's been and it's been <laughs> continuing to change. So yeah, I'm yeah. Certainly late on that bandwagon, and mm. um, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall when it did start to change ten years ago. Like I yeah. won't be able to be um, an island unto myself forever. I'll eventually yeah. have. Get in this. I just was trying to buy as much time as I could, basically. Why was that though? Why Why were you buying time? I think the main the main issue I have with content, let's say, content creation, personal content creation, is I back to selfish tendencies. I have a tendency to stroke my ego. I've okay. had to deal with my ego. There is a big chunk of my career where that thing was out of control. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty mindful and I try to be cautious about mm-hmm. things that are designed just to make me look good. Mm-hmm. And most of what social media is, is just um, a pedestalization of self, mm-hmm. uh, a new term I've, I'm coining on this I, podcast. I'm, that um, just happened. Yeah. I was like, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, check me out. This is me. This is yeah. me in my best light. This is the best I can pretend I am or whatever it is. Mm. And so I just wanted to be really aware of what I was getting into, aware of how that space works, use it for what's clearly the way it is. Like you said, this this has been a change that's been happening, and this is clearly the way content works now it's not yeah. through stroey putting out another video <laughs> that's not how it works nah, he's not doing that he's not doing that anymore <laughs> <laughs> and and so that's and that's where i kind of had to really weigh it all up 
and mm. then be confident on my side enough that I wasn't going to get sucked in. Mm. Mm. Is it, um, I, I, I assume there's been no negative reaction to your engagement on social media through your own profile. Is there, or have there been any negatives where people are like, dude, stop stroking your ego already? <laughs> no no and it has been all all pleasant and people are seem to be stoked about it and and that's really nice and they write kind words and continue the the effort to not pedestalize make it Mm. challenging and no it's been it's been good it's been good for yeah that's good well welcome to social media dave hubbard i didn't get to welcome you in from the rest (laughs) of the world um, but I'd, I'd take pleasure in being maybe the first to say welcome to the um, to the <laughs> to the black mirror of um, bodyboarding. Yeah, um, exactly. That's that's really interesting. I mean, on that front, you know, you the call was a very cool concept, and I, I I really enjoyed checking into those. And there was a lot of work there, which I think is an interesting piece of the pie. And I think I I obviously know that there's a fair bit of work on the other side of this chat yeah. that you know, and and there's you put in as much as you can put in and you know, I, this is a volunteer thing for me. I'm just kind of doing it and you know, it's, that's what it is. I have a lot of fun just talking to you guys and catching up with my mates. Um, it's a real pleasure, but you know, the six hours to edit that call, um, that's a big chunk of you. That's a day pretty much gone, you know, or almost a day gone on that. I mean, was it a drag or do, do you, did you actually find that you, have a passion for editing? Do you actually, did you get into it? Did you nerd out on it? Maybe a little bit of both. Like I definitely enjoyed refining a skill that I used to have with prehistoric technologies (laughs) way back. So like before laptops and stuff, I was, I I could move my way around um, an editing machine. It was a, completely independent machine from a computer. Mm. And so I was able to do that. And so it was kind of like returning um, and also, you know, getting a little bit better and and kind of adding to the asset allocation model that I, you know, bring to hub boards is, hey, now I'm a little bit better at editing and I have a little bit more capabilities here. Mm. Um, that serves the company. It serves myself professionally. Yeah. I did. I did get into that, but at the end of the season, um, yeah, I was stoked to take a break. You know, like um, there was <clears throat> quite a bit of herding cats that went into it, um, uh-huh. chasing people up. Um, not oh, only that get- feeling. <laughs> 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 Don't tell me about your problems in chasing <laughs> bodyboarders for interviews. All right. <laughs> I've been trying to catch Tristan Roberts since he won his world title. All right. So (laughs) that's a long time ago now. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there was, there was some of those elements as well as the six hours of editing. So all up, Mm. you know, each episode would probably take eight hours of my life, if not more, you know, Um, which was, you know, and I'm, I'm, stoked about the the spotlight we were able to bring to those writers i had a genuinely nice time talking with probably each and every one of them Mm. admired their writing while i was editing it you know so yeah all up i was stoked and at the same time stoked to take a break and probably 
let's see what 2021 delivers, but maybe stoked to bring out season two at some point. And Ooh. let's, let's just see. Straight to Netflix or what? <laughs> straight to VHS. Oh, straight to VHS. We're, we're right. going to progress in our <laughs> formatting. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody out there, buy a VHS player quickly before they <laughs> end up in the trash somewhere or, or compacted. Um, there is a question later down this list that I've got for you about what you're planning for 2021. So we'll come back to that kind of future or this year sure. and what it, what it means for you. But well, let's go back on the negative side of the, of the 2020 oh. pandemic year and just like ask the question of what did you really miss during the toughest times of 2020? What, what really hurt you? I think it was, you know, just the, the lifestyle I've gotten accustomed to, which is traveling the world, spending mm nice moments with some colleagues uh, who reside in different countries and regions throughout the world. So I think that's from whoever you're going to interview, I think they're all going to be bringing that up because we've, you know, especially, I mean, I guess just personally myself, whether it's been 15 years, maybe pretty steady of doing a couple international trips a year Mm. and spending a quarter maybe of the year with friends abroad. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, I mean, like, Hey, anything you spend a quarter of your year on is kind of a quarter of your life. Like that's mm. a big thing. That's a, it's a big part of your life. And so I missed that for sure. I missed, um, I missed, you know, the, the wave riding was, was a miss. I, I missed that. I missed some competing, but it was mostly, hanging out with friends like yeah. you know like if we were sitting on a couch in a physical space right now hmm. that's the thing that i missed in 2020 and yeah. as nice as it is to to chat on skype and you know i did have you know lots of nice long phone conversations with which were comforting and really nice to connect with people it just isn't the same you know it's hmm. not the same as maybe playing a card game together or yeah. going restaurant eating some food together in the same physical space so um that's what i would say was on the top of the list and that had you know maybe even some trickle downs even into my local community where at times we were spending less time together as a community so it could have been my neighbors could have been the the people i go to church with it could have been my bodyboarding friends whatever it was Mm. just less of that time that we just share, whether it's, you know, like I said, eating food, chatting, having just living life together that even had the trickle down. So on the top would be the international fellowship Mm. and then trickling down to even sometimes just personal time with other people. Mm. I want to pick up the church bit because you are a practicing Christian and I'm assuming churches would have been shut for a while there or not. They they were for a time, and so we were attending online. Oh, okay. You went to Zoom? We were doing it on Zoom, or they would do Facebook Live or something, you know. Oh, okay, and, cool. And since then, like many um, settings, um, at least in this state, it's gone hybrid for the most part. Oh, you know, there yeah. are some... There's some churches that are still not meeting in person, and then there, there are some churches that probably stopped their broadcast. Maybe they never even did one. Yeah. But a 
good chunk of the churches that I know about, at least where I'm at, are doing both. They're broadcasting as well as you're allowed to come in and they're trying to manage with the, the guidelines and the protocols, having whatever the rules are for that week and yeah. managing the best they can. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I know that, yeah, really, places of worship really got affected in, in many countries. So it's um, interesting mm-hmm. to to hear that and, that and that some were able to adapt and actually still connect with their congregations online it's really cool that they had the capacity to actually adapt because i obviously Mm -hmm. some didn't and that would have been pretty painful for a lot of people who have religion in their daily lives um what do you value more than ever these days and i think we've already got the answer but what what is the answer to that question (laughs) i think we just had it yeah, what I miss the most, right? So I think oh, it's, it's maybe a bit different, actually. Like, it's not what you miss. It's more about what you now value. Like, what what do you really, like, in previous years, you might have, you know, not really understood that these this quarter of your life on tour was or, or on international trips was so valuable to you. But is that, is what you miss, what you value more than ever? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. There is, there is a... um there is a difference there, but what I was going to say is, um, personal relationships, I guess it's not what I value most, but that's probably gotten highlighted. Uh-huh. So I can still value those even while I, while I miss them. And yeah. I can still, um, value those, uh, and try not to return to taking them for granted. Mm. And I think, I think besides, you know, what we just touched on as as a Christian, I think I value the worldview that the Bible paints for me and what what my faith in Jesus means in my life and how that gives me the grounding and just just the kind of the lens that I can look at the world through. That's mm. something that I probably value more now having to look at a different world from, you know, from let's say 2019 to 2020. Those are pretty different worlds we were looking at and to have mm. the same lens to see them both through and not let the uh, the image control how I'm seeing, how I'm seeing it. Mm. Uh, if, if that kind of makes sense to yeah. kind of t- turn that analogy around. So that's something probably that I value the most is, um, is that worldview and what that does, not only for me um, in my ethics or morality, but in how I interact with, with the world, whether it's with my neighbor, whether it's with my buddy across in Australia on a podcast or whether it's with, the news media or just yeah. all these things. It's just, that's probably something I value more now because I can see the grounding that, you know, we kind of brought it up before, you know, when those signposts got flattened for a lot of people, there wasn't necessarily the stability of a, of a worldview and they had to kind of adjust or find a new one or rec rectify their old one with how they would need to look at the world through it now. Mm. And so, so yeah, that I would say that's what I value most is, is my Christian worldview. Mm. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. I think that's a really interesting point you make about people having to look because we all do have our own worldviews or every single one of us look at the world through our own lenses and some of us have um, religions that support that lens and shape it and, you know, get the different mm-hmm. focal points in it. Um, others rely on philosophy. I probably sit in the philosophy camp a bit more and, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I definitely rely on the stoic kind of mm-hmm. principles and, and kind of looking into that and, you know, I, you know, check in with a podcast every day on that and I now I read every day a bit of stoic philosophy. Um, but people who didn't have a firm worldview and we're kind of a little bit kind of floating along and maybe still doing good things or just still living their lives, but they, they maybe didn't uh, have the structures there that could that could deal with a pandemic changing everything under their feet. It's an interesting point to make, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's just, you know, something I, I, was, I was noticing with people who I was interacting with around me and also – probably played into at least in america like why we got so chaotic at times was yeah things were falling down around like the sky is falling down like whatever that little old wives tale is or whatever and just like whoa like Mm. what do you do like things are different and not the same or like everything's changed and yeah Humans don't like change, at least I don't, and um, I'm, it takes a little while to get used to the fact that things will continue to change. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, we're getting – that's a bloody good chat right there on that point. I love that. That was, that was really good. <laughs> um, now that 2020 is behind us, what is the plan for 2021? We've already, I've already kind of communicated that I'm pretty sure – Maybe that was off the podcast, but um, I have a feeling like 2021 is going to be kind of similar to 2020 in many ways. I the feel sequel. like 2020 was a was a warm up to 2021. <laughs> um, yeah, the sequel. Hopefully, it's like the Die Hard movies because they seem to get better as the sequels came out, <laughs> whereas other sequels, like the namely, Matrix, yeah, oh, yeah, the Matrix didn't quite cut it, did it? But also <laughs> Zoolander two. I don't know if you ever saw that Zoolander one, classic. Zoolander two. Complete waste of time. Anyway, how how do you how do you think? What, what's your plan for twenty twenty one? More content? Yeah, of course. I'm you know I'm kind of locked into a content production schedule, which you know Ian Campbell told me to be consistent. That was the main tip he gave me. I went straight to the master. Jeez, if there's one word that characterizes Ian Campbell, it is consistent. That is that is. Yeah, that's really interesting. Cool. So, so you consulted yeah. the guru of um, of content. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be staying consistent with that. Yeah, cool. But, um, I'll continue to be nimble with mm-hmm. planning. You know, I'll continue to hope. I'll continue to have, you know, goals uh, for later this year. And at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them kind of loosely with an open hand. And if if I don't get the opportunity to go to Sintra or go to Europe later mm. this year, which I'd love to do, um, I'll, t- I'll take that when it comes and take it as it comes. And, you know, I think I would love to do, I would love to do a couple trips. Um, 
I'm hoping I'll at least do a couple trips over to the North Shore. Uh, and I think we spoke maybe before the podcast started that it's possible, but not super easy because, you know, at one time in Hawaii, inter-county or inter-island travel was not permitted without an extended quarantine. So Yeah, exactly. Mm. So there was times where it was pretty much not on the table, and now it kind of is. If it stays that way, I'd love to get over to the North Shore a couple times and get some bonsai, mm. um, possibly some outer islands. If we get the chance, uh, maybe an international trip or two, I'd love to get to Europe and take my wife to her home country wow. uh, in the fall. That would be really nice to, for her to see her family. Um mm. So there's some things like that, um, you know, and then professionally just continue to push my riding, continue to have fun in the water, continue to, yeah, hopefully get some cool content and put it out there. Um, mm. Upboards continue to, you know, do do our best to, you know, make the brand uh, deliver the products that people seem to love and kind of continue the the momentum there and I think you know there's it's so interesting like on on the on the plus side of the whole thing if we say the sequel and I answered that I've been thriving in 2020 mm, exactly then, then moving on even if it is at a similar kind of juncture is good and mm. so I'm going to make the best out of whatever <laughs> comes this year. That's my goal. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, final question of this Survival Thrive podcast series. What's the one piece of advice you have for anyone? There's heaps of advice that's already been dropped throughout this podcast, but for you, what would you say to the audience who's listening here now um, about you know how to deal with, 2021 if it's much like 2020 what's the one thing you think that matters i think it's finding that stability and you know we brought it up a couple times i think mm. it is you know obviously it's going to be an individual thing some people are gonna do it this way some people are gonna do it that way i think the people who uh were kind of had the rug pulled out from under them. I think maybe most of us did, but who really landed on our backs firmly. I think it's about finding something stable to, to put some hope and some trust in again. And I think, you know, at least for, for me over in America, that's, as as patriotic and as as proud of of the history of this country, uh, at least the positive points in its history, mm. um, you know there is there is a, a a bit less of me being just oh yeah it's all gonna work out great because this is a great country you know mm. I've I don't think even though that wasn't my whole worldview before there's less of me investing in the USA to give me that stability nowadays. Mm. And right. and that's not to say I'm not, like I just said, I'm still patriotic. I still think there's some, some great things that did happen in this country's history and hopefully will still happen. And there's some good things this country stands for, but 
you know, I'm not going to be putting my stability and, and hope and trust in the, the president or how this country operates its, its mm. government systems, you know. And so that's just a little example. But I think that's the advice is get, some, get something that's sure, a sure foundation. Okay, let's go.